What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Ryan Bennett, joined, as always, by Noah Worthington. And we're back right here in the middle of a blizzard. It's it's at least what it's doing here in eastern Maryland. Uh, we're staying warm around the NFL hot stove. Hope you guys are doing the, sa- uh, the same, staying safe out there. Noah is going to bring you his first mock draft of the year. A little early, but, you know, there's really nothing else to talk about. So what better way to uh, heat things back up, so to speak, with a mock draft? Yeah, and Ryan has not seen this mock draft at all. He will be reacting to this live. I'll give my pick and my reasoning, and then he'll kind of be able to first react to it blindly. And yet, you have no idea any of these picks. I gave you one pick earlier, but you have no idea anything else. Um, and let's start off with the easiest pick probably in the past 10 years, and that is uh, Jacksonville grabbing Trevor Lawrence with their first overall pick. Quarterback from Clemson, of course. Uh, Lawrence is personally one of the best prospects I've ever evaluated in my five years of doing this. Um, He's one of the best quarterback prospects ever. Uh, Jacksonville lacks a true franchise quarterback, and they'll certainly get one in Lawrence. Uh, They get to pair him up with Urban Meyer, new head coach there. So, easiest pick since Andrew Luck, really. Yeah, not much I could say about that one. Uh, something of a no-brainer. Do you have that on your LinkedIn, by the way, that you've been doing this for five years? <laughs> I should, honestly. Yeah, it's Give a good resume. Run off those jobs. Yeah, something like that. You're better than a lot of the schmucks out there. Yeah, nothing much I could say about that one. Fresh start in Jacksonville, getting the most surefire pick in the draft in Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, moving on to pick number two. Uh, the New York Jets will be selecting Zach Wilson, quarterback out of BYU. Uh, The need for a refresher at the quarterback position is a big one. Um, It's gotten stale the past few years with the Jets organization, and I'm confident in Sam Darnold, but Zach Wilson will usher a new era for New York, obviously with the hiring of Robert Sala as well. I think uh, he's right behind Lawrence in terms of talent and potential, Uh, a guy who is going to wow a lot of people with his instincts and ability to make jaw-dropping plays. Yeah, and just on, you know, the intangibles for Zach Wilson, he didn't really look, you know, off kilter, um, you know, out of place in a lot of the games this year, maybe Coastal Carolina, but that was really it. Um, He just always looked like he was in control. And I think for Jets fans, that's something that they've really been, you know, salivating for you just while Sam Darnold has his highs, he also certainly has his, uh, his lows and and Jets fans and you know the organization alike are just looking for some consistency consistency at this point and like you said he's right behind Lawrence I couldn't agree more coming off of a 33 touchdown three interception campaign for BYU so you bring in Wilson he fits the uh, Shanahan system really well also good decision maker so you can't really go wrong here if you're the Jets again a team who needs uh, some a shakeup at quarterback. And if this was a two-round mock draft, I would most certainly... I do include trades in this, but I would most certainly include a trade for Sam Darnold in the second round. I believe the asking price for him right now would be around a second rounder, early second rounder, maybe late first, possibly considering that Stafford just went for three first. Um, but... Is Sam Darnold still has some left in the tank. Like I, like, I think there's something there. I think a lot of teams like the Colts, like the Bears, should definitely kick the can and see what the asking price is at least. All right, moving on to pick number three, the Miami Dolphins are going to select Devontae Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. Coming off a Heisman season and a f- historic career out of Alabama, honestly, Devontae Smith has made a huge case for himself to be wide receiver number one on a lot of big boards. I believe Miami has to have him as their top target right now. Um, I understand that offensive line is a big need, but Robert Hunt and Austin Jackson were fair fair enough that uh, as rookies that you just need offensive firepower with this pick, and you need a playmaker to form up or pair up with uh, Tua and help him out. I mean, he, he desperately needs firepower. Yeah, I agree. I mean, with the uh, sheer draft capital that Miami has too, offensive line is certainly something they can address down the road. I think, uh, be it on the interior or the tackle position, this is a pretty deep draft class as far as the offensive line goes. So being that they have like six picks in the first 50 or something crazy, they can certainly address that at a later pick. Uh, Smith really enjoyed a breakout season this year once uh, once Waddle went down. We could kind of talk about that comparison um, as we get down the board here. But while you're taking Smith here, I will um, push back a little bit. 
and say that on a lot of boards, Jamar Chase is going to be number one. We haven't forgotten about him, but I see the logic in going Smith here just because he's more of a separator, has more of that yards after catch potential. You already have a guy stylistically similar to Jamar Chase in Devontae Parker as well, so I think this is a really good compliment. You get some familiarity in here for Tua. Smith and him obviously enjoyed success at Alabama, so I like this pick a lot, and we're going to be talking about the Miami Dolphins a lot. I think also the people that are screaming offensive tackle here and Suell or Slater even, like it, it that's like a luxury pick for the Dolphins to take right. that right now. Right. They, it's not a desperate need. Like Robert Hunt and Austin Jackson did fine. Yeah. Like it, it's not wide receiver is the need. Like it, it is the biggest need heading into this draft. And most certainly you need to pair him up with somebody that he knows the best like mm-hmm. there's questions about his ability to play coming out of miami like like or out of alabama like people were in miami were questioning whether or not he's the franchise guy so pair him up with his wide receiver let's see what he can do exactly moving on to pick number four atlanta falcons select michael parsons linebacker out of penn state atlanta could look to move out of this pick honestly uh, they could look at replacing matt ryan or they could kill two birds with one stone, and that's what they do here. I believe Arthur Smith did a great job with Ryan Tannehill, and I think he could do the same with Matt Ryan, who's just four seasons removed from winning the MVP. A lot of people forget that. He just won the MVP four seasons ago. That's crazy. They are in desperate need of an edge rusher. They're in desperate need of a linebacker to pair next to Deion Jones, and Micah Parsons can do both of those. Yeah, I like the pick from a versatility standpoint. Um and I would, I would say in comparison to drafting a quarterback, it would have more of an immediate impact on this football team, just to what extent it's hard to tell. So I understand the logic in taking a swing at the uh, best defensive player available here at four. However, I will counter by saying that it's kind of unsure. You, you at least know you're going to have Matt Ryan for next season or this coming season, 2021. But after that, it's kind of a question mark. And cynically one would say Arthur Smith being an offensive guy would like to kind of handpick his quarterback Atlanta you don't know if you're going to be in this position to select a guy like Justin Fields again and even if you were in 2022 um, I would say it's a lesser QB class in that draft but I do understand the point with Micah Parsons agree to disagree see I pick I I disagree with that statement about it being a lesser QB class because I feel like we say that every year and then every year a guy like Zach Wilson will shoot up and it just falls yeah yeah, the the logic just keeps regressing the next year will be the lesser QB class and then and then JT Daniels throws has a Joe Burrow season you know what I mean valid point moving on to pick number five the Cincinnati Bengals select Pinay Suell offensive tackle from Oregon Cincinnati gets their best case scenario here, let's be honest. All four previous picks are guys that aren't really, I, I really wouldn't have on my draft board if I was Cincinnati, outside of Devontae Smith, maybe. Priority number one is protecting Joe Burrow, and Suell has the potential to be one of the best offensive linemen in the league. Um, with no position for the Bengals to really be pushing for a playoff spot, I think you go Suell. Over Slater, I know a lot of people freaked out over Daniel Jeremiah giving Slater here to the Bengals, but Suell has the more, he's more, uh, he has more potential to be better than Slater. Like he has the potential to be, like I said, the best offensive lineman in the league, honestly. And Slater is better right now. Let's be honest. He Mm -hmm. is better right now. I agree. But Suell has the higher potential and Bengals, you need you need potential guys. You don't need better right now because you're not pushing for a playoff spot, especially in the AFC North. Yeah, and a lot of people kind of shit on Daniel Jeremiah. I think he's a little bit controversial. But when it comes to O-line evaluations, I will say he's he's kind of got a knack for, for that position. He's the one who picked Makai Becton out of that big four group last year and said this is going to be the guy. And so far, he's looking pretty correct on that front. So I definitely take uh, Slater here into consideration. However, I certainly see what you're saying in the long-term uh, big-picture aspect of things. You can kind of take a swing at a guy like Sewell here, build towards the future, kind of bank on him being a high-ceiling player. And I feel like that's kind of be going to be a consummate theme throughout this draft because you have some guys you know, like the Caleb Farleys, Rashawn Slater, Sewell, guys who opted out. You didn't get a, 
a fresh look at them in the 2020 season. So you kind of are looking more at what they could be instead of what they are right now. But either Slater or Sewell, I don't really think you can go wrong here. I'm not going to knock you for picking Sewell at all. He could certainly pan out to be an all-pro at either guard or tackle, in my humble opinion. Yeah. Moving on to pick six, the Philadelphia Eagles select Jamar Chase, wide receiver, LSU. As an Eagles fan, if Chase was on the board right here and we did not select him, I would lose my mind. I mean, the, to keep keep it simple, I would lose my mind. Um, the Eagles have a lot of holes, but the biggest one by far is a true number one receiver and a playmaker on offense. Chase was electric in 2019 and has all the tools to be a top wide out in this league. Um, and he'll be a key piece to whoever is under center next year, whether it be Wentz, whether it be Hurts. Um, if Chase is off the board, expect the Eagles to go corner or linebacker and that if Parsons, Sertan, Farley, and then circle back to receiver on day two. Yeah, and I, I certainly, as much as I hate the Eagles, I certainly like this pick. Jamar Chase is wide receiver one, in my opinion. Uh, you could certainly argue Devontae Agreed. Smith. Agreed. I think he just has more of an NFL frame. He's more physical at the catch, at the catch point. Is not better, but is as good with the ball in his hands as Smith is. A little, a little different player, um, just as far as the eye test goes. But uh, the Eagles are going to get a franchise wide receiver here. It's already making my head spin how we're gonna how as a Giants fan we're gonna have to cover this guy, uh, you know, twice a year for the next ten years. So you get your guy here. We've seen what Nick Sirianni has done with guys like Keenan Allen in the past, T.Y. Hilton. Um, he's he's worked with a number of different receivers, is what I'm getting at. So odds are that he's gonna do just fine with Jamar Chase, whomever the quarterback is next year. That's a humongous question right now, but this is a pretty simple pick here for the Eagles. Only Howie Roseman could fuck this up. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, pick number seven, the Detroit Lions select Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama. If the mock draft was a few days earlier, this pick is definitely Justin Fields. Um, but Jared Goff was not just a throw-in in the Matthew Stafford uh, trade, as Peter Schrager, Schrager? Yeah. reported. Uh, for some reason, I felt like I pronounced that wrong. Multiple teams called the Rams about Goff. That's also been reported. And I believe there's still something there. I mean, to this day, he's thrown the prettiest pass I've ever seen against the Vikings on, like, a Thursday night game. It's a classic. have the clip on my phone. I literally watch it sometimes just to feel happy. Um, the Lions are likely losing both their top wideouts and Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. And Waddle could be the best receiver in this draft. Uh, a lot of Bengal believes he is. Sure. Um, a lot of people think that. Had Waddle never gotten hurt, he would have had a better season than Devontae Smith did this season. And uh, so the Lions get great value here at seven. Yeah, and just from from each of our perspectives, we weren't too high on uh, Waddle uh, coming out of the college football season. But it's, it's kind of difficult to gauge a guy when he gets hurt. But when you put the film on, uh, when you see Jalen Waddle for who he, who he really is when he's available— the guy's a stud. I mean, he's explosive after the catch. He kind of typifies this um, this ceiling-breaking, you know, big play wide receiver. Some have likened his game to Tyreek Hill. I don't think the same kind of speed and agility is there, but he's certainly a home run threat in the same sense. And as far as this Lions and Rams trade goes, I'm sure we'll touch on this as we go here, but I don't think there's really a definitive winner or a loser. I mean, the Rams got what they wanted, Matthew Stafford, certainly an upgrade for that system. They want to win right now, and I think that's going to put them in place to do that. Best defense in the league, Sean McVay, a better quarterback than Goff. And as far as Goff goes, I don't think he's done. I think he still has some stuff in the tank. Um, you keep him here in Detroit for two years. The cap penalty isn't really shit. He's pissed, too. Golf is pissed. Yeah, he's going to be on a revenge tour this year. Eminem might be performing at halftime at a few of those games. Golf <laughs> might, you know, guess who's back? I mean, you know, he could have kind of a, of a revenge tour type of year here in Detroit. I'm not saying he's going to have the guys around him to do that, but that this pick certainly uh, goes uh, goes away in helping him to do that. Yeah. Uh, pick number eight, the Carolina Panthers select Justin Fields, quarterback at Ohio State. The Panthers literally cannot screw this pick up. As I was doing this mock draft, I thought to myself, like, man, they really can't fuck this up. Yeah. They are a, rebuild, a rebuilding team with a solid young core, and they have such a bright future out of them with Christian McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, um, um, Derek Brown, Jeremy Chin, like they have so many young pieces 
and now they get their franchise quarterback because that's the one thing missing from their whole entire roster. Teddy Bridgewater is a great placeholder, and he will do a great job mentoring Justin Fields. And he he also gets to be coached by two of the best young minds in football, and Joe Brady and Matt Rule. Um, get your franchise quarterback. Let him soak up all that Brady has to offer coaching-wise because you're probably going to lose Joe Brady next season to a head coaching gig. And uh, with only a few positions left to fill, the Panthers might be fighting for a divisional championship next season. Honestly. Yeah, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't rule that out. Um, the Panthers are certainly salivating, with especially Fields with Christian eight. McCaffrey back healthy. That's like they won like what five games last year with Christian McCaffrey with Mike Davis as their running back. Like, come on. Yeah, that was that was my next point actually. McCaffrey coming back healthy. This really works out for. Uh, for, for both parties, honestly. And some would say a guy like Trey Lance. I mean, that's certainly a conversation. But I think it even even still, it's kind of it's kind of a marginal gap between uh, Fields and Lance as far as this QB hierarchy goes. I, I, I need to make this point. Yeah. I believe there's a big... I tell you this all the time. There's a big problem in the draft community in terms of uh, prospect fatigue. And Justin Fields is really suffering from that right now. Yeah. People are just hating on this man and saying Trey Lance is quarterback three. Like, no, no. Justin Fields was almost quarterback two if Zach Wilson wouldn't have wowed everybody with his Patrick Mahomes-like like throws. Um, and Justin Fields, like, the knacks are there, and I'm definitely not a huge fan of the guy, but he is quarterback three. As we sit right now, he could walk on to any NFL system and ball out, like, 100%. He just... Like he is what he is, and the, Lance, at, he he's a great quarterback too. He he's going to be a good quarterback, but the, slow down on the field hate, everybody. Like let's let's take a step back. Really watch his film outside of the Nebraska game. Was it Indiana? Indiana game. Red team, red and white team. <laughs> um, and let's really assess what Fields has to offer, and then we'll talk about who's better lance or him instead of just taking the hot take and be like mm, lance is quarterback three like come on yeah lance has a, lance has played one game since 2019 and we can still say each of these guys are good without diminishing the skill and value of the other these things can exactly. be mutually exactly. exclusive folks let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves here and for two guys in lance and fields who have similar ceilings Justin Fields has a much higher floor. Trey Lance played, what, one game this season? Looked kind of rusty. So you don't really have a true evaluation of the quarterback that he is at this point. But as far as the Panthers go, if you know who Matt Rule is, he hit the ground running when he got the job. He's going to want to get a guy in the building in his franchise quarterback that he can hit the ground running with. It wouldn't be the worst thing to have to have Lance sit out a season and kind of, you know, let him let him develop from the mental side of things, but I think you can just kind of get a quicker start with Fields. Okay. And they are certainly salivating once again over this value at eight. Yeah. Pick nine, Denver Broncos select Caleb Farley, Virginia Tech corner. Uh, with Vic Fangio being a defensive mind, you would think that Denver's defense would have been one of the best in the league last year, and they simply weren't a bottom 10 unit. Um, they fall, that may fall on Vic Fangio, but that also falls on the lack of players that fit Fangio's scheme. Um, Caleb Farley just switched from corner or from wide receiver to corner in 2019. He's extremely raw, has great size, great athleticism, and, uh, Vic Fangio gets to mold Farley into his Kyle Fuller, basically. Yeah, I've certainly heard that word used a lot with some of these prospects, be it Farley, Greg Rousseau, others in this draft class. But I mean, it's it's pretty much a textbook description. You get a guy who's kind of raw at the position. You can scheme him up as you like, coach him along as you like. And Fangio is certainly um, a coach, defensive-minded guy. We know his work with the Bears. He's certainly in a position to do that here. I would have loved for Micah Parsons to have fallen to this spot because people are bitching about Von Miller not being what he was. Chubb is always hurt. I don't know if I want to take any stock yeah. in that because yeah. you really can't make an assessment after the kind of year we just had. But with Denver's the middle of Denver's defense being kind of weak, Todd Davis isn't really the answer there in the middle among others. 
Um, I would have liked to have seen Parsons go there, kind of take on that strong side linebacker role, occasionally rushing the passer. I think Fangio could also do a lot with a guy like Parsons, use his versatility um, to the max. But I love this pick here, again, because he can kind of coach Caleb Farley along, um, turn him into a true scheme fit. Yeah, the people that say that Von Miller doesn't have it anymore, number one, don't know what they're talking about. But it's it, the thing I always say is like the best secondary is a good defensive line. But also, the best defensive line is a good secondary. Yeah. It falls to that, too, because if you're covering a guy and the quarterback can't find any windows, he's going to get laid on his ass eventually. Yeah, and these things often like work. A, a bad secondary will definitely, or a good secondary, will definitely help out Von Miller and lengthen his career yep. in Denver. Joe Judge says it all the time, man, complimentary football. And um, just as far, as far as the Broncos go as well, you play in the AFC West. You have to face the Chiefs twice a year, the Chargers twice a year, the Raiders twice a year. I mean, the latter team there doesn't have an elite receiver, but we know who the Chiefs have. We know who the Chargers have, Tyree Kill, Keenan Allen. You know, these guys aren't scrubs, so you have to face these high-flying teams twice a year. Why not get someone on your side to match that? Yep. Moving on to pick 10, Dallas Cowboys select Patrick Sertan, the second cornerback out of Alabama. Dallas's defense was historically bad last season, and their secondary has only gotten worse with the departure of Ch- Chidobe Awuzie. Chidobe Awuzie, yep. Um, Patrick Sertan is my number one corner. He's excellent in coverage, although he is an average athlete. The Cowboys will likely could have won the NFC East blindfolded if the uh, if Dak Prescott was healthy, and they just need players on the defensive side to. You know, play make and get get the ball back for their offense, which is high powered, really. Like uh, as an Eagles fan, I say that with Dak Prescott, that offense is going to be scary. Yeah, we gave them. A, well, the injury actually happened against the Giants. We we gave them a run for their money in that game. The refs took it. Don't know what else to say about that. It was ages ago. It's unfortunate what happened to Dak Prescott. Cowboys have a decision. Do you want to pay him? In my opinion, fuck yes, you pay him. He is one of the most emerging quarterbacks in the league. They would be stupid not to pay him, no matter what the cost is. Back that Brinks truck up. He is the he is the it factor for this team. We saw what happened when he went out, and certainly the way the chips fell in the NFC East this year, Dallas could have easily won the division uh, were he to stay healthy. But you have to get some playmakers on the defensive side of the ball, like you said. Diggs kind of came on at the end of the year. Struggled a lot at the beginning, but certainly improved, stayed the course. Why not get his teammate to come and play next to him? This makes perfect sense here. All right, pick number 11, New York Giants. Select Quiddy Pay, edge rusher, Michigan. Before you kill me, Giants fans, before you kill me, hear me out. The heart and soul of your team last season was your defense, and it progressively got better each week. It was a dangerous force. Um, the one thing you guys are missing is a true pass rusher. Make that defensive line even scarier. Quiddy Pay, he's a freak athlete. If we had a combine, this guy would be a top 10 pick easily, like a lock for a top 10 pick. Patrick Graham, defensive mastermind, obviously. He'll get to coach Pay however he wants and uh, to the best of his ability. I know guys like Kyle Pitts are on the board right now, but and I see that mocked a lot, but you guys need a true separator at receiver and while Pitts is a top five talent, in all honesty, um, he's not truly what you guys need. Get a pass rusher and then worry about addressing receiver day two. Yeah, I'm sitting over here making faces at you. I, I just wanted you to call my bluff. I actually love this pick. Quiddy Pay is a freak athlete, and the way we could scheme him, you don't know if Tomlinson's going to be back next year, so I wouldn't doubt seeing some packages where you move um, uh, Dexter Lawrence to the to the inside, his true position. Uh, bring B.J. Hill in off the, out of the fold. He's been a, a good reserve player for us in, in limited action. And then you throw Quiddy Pay into the fold. Excelled as a run defender, really came on as a pass rusher this season. And with a guy like Patrick Graham who is getting head coaching looks, I have no doubt that this pick would pan out for us. You don't have a guy like Waddle here who I would really like as like a true separator, a guy you can just kind of get the ball in his hands and let him go to work. And had he been here, that was the pick. Yeah, oh, 100%. I couldn't agree more. And, and Pitts, while he is an absolute stud and he kind of epitomizes the positionless player movement, um, I, I just don't see, I hate to say it, he's kind of like a 1B pick here. 
I just like pay just a slight, just a slight bit more here, but I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't say shit if we took Pitts either. He's probably a top five talent in this draft, but I, I love the logic behind your pick here. Working with Patrick Graham, he brings some versatility to an already solid defensive unit. I wouldn't rule out cornerback two either, though. I mean, say Sertan or Farley fell here. There's a lot you could do, but for you being an Eagles fan, I tip my cap, dude. You didn't give us a total, sh- a sh- total shit pick here. Pick twelve. <laughs> we have our first trade. Oh boy, buckle in. San Francisco will be receiving Deshaun Watson. Houston receives the twelfth pick, forty fourth overall pick, twenty twenty or twenty twenty two first round pick, twenty twenty two second round pick. 2023 first round pick and Jimmy Garoppolo. Two things to break down on this. Mm. First, let's look at the trade. San Francisco is now in a spot where they have to play Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and Matthew Stafford six out of the 16 games in next season. That's just a fact. And you, if you're John Lynch, you simply have to give up the farm in order to get a top five quarterback in Deshaun Watson. You just have to. Um, you cannot go into next season knowing that all those guys are in your division and then you walk out there with Nick Mullins and Jimmy Garoppolo or even a rookie if, if they took like Lance with this pick. Um, for Houston, you're at the point of no return with the Watson saga. Uh, he's publicly asked for a trade at this point and you have to strike while the iron is hot. Do it while the asking price is high you wait too long we see it all the time in the nba if you wait too long these picks will turn into second rounders and because they know eventually you're just going to have to cut the guy because he's not going to show up so houston will be selecting trey lance quarterback out of north dakota state um with the 12th overall pick houston grabs you know their next future franchise quarterback uh trey lance has thrown 288 passes in his career without an interception which is one of the most impressive stats I've ever seen. Um, he's a dynamic player, and he'll start the rebuild for Houston. Yeah, I like this pick a lot. I like the trade even more, honestly. It's a, it's a bit of a loaded discussion here, so let's, let, me, let me start with the trade. Yeah. Like you said, have to send the farm for Watson. You and I have both talked about this at length, and I, don't, I just don't see him going to the Jets. While they could give up a lot, I mean, what would it really be doing besides... Uh, and I say, take this with a grain of salt, uh, besides getting Deshaun Watson. Obviously, Deshaun Watson is elite, but the Jets are, just have so many other needs that they shouldn't be you and, know, shipping away the farm for one guy who isn't really going to move the meter for their football team in the and, way they think he is. And for Watson, why would you want to go to New York? Exactly. Besides it being a great city for a 24, 25-year-old to live in. Like, yeah. It's just simply not not a good situation. Mm-hmm. Go to a team like the 49ers, like the Dolphins, like the Panthers, where I've heard a lot. Sources tell me Panthers and 49ers are the most likely destination. I give them to the 49ers here because I simply just think like that's the most win-now ready yep. roster. And if you're Watson, that's the number one team on your board for sure. Yeah, That's you know how these NBA guys handle list to teams and like anthony davis he gave a list of teams hard and <laughs> number gave a list of teams. yeah yeah, yeah most exactly recently. most most uh top of your board 100 percent should be the 49ers because not only they have the all the most to offer houston too they have a lot of young pieces yeah i agree with that and you mentioned it perfectly in the nfc west where you're going to be seeing murray twice a year russell wilson twice a year and now matthew stafford twice a year you kind of got to bring your, you know, you got to bring your nutsack to the table here and really ante up and say, nah, fuck all that. We got the best guy in this division now. It's in our hands. And I think that, um, you know, as is par for the course for this division, a lot of these teams are ready to win now. We've seen it. And that does not um, discount, you know, last year's uh, NFC champion, the San Francisco 49ers. Don't let, you know, this COVID year fool you. I think this is a loaded roster. Nick Bose is going to be coming back there. George Kittle is going to be healthy again. Um, Ayuk, Samuel, I can't tell you how many guys they missed out on with injury this season. So I think the 49ers, if they make this move, they are at the uh, front of the list for Super Bowl contenders in 2021. Yeah. Pick 13, the Los Angeles Chargers will be selecting Kyle Pitts, tight end, Florida. Believe it or not, the Chargers' offensive line was not that bad last year. They were sort of in the middle of the pack in terms of sacks allowed and pressure. Um, Hunter Henry is a free agent next or this coming offseason, and if they resign him, 
even or even if they resign him, Kyle Pitts is more than a tight end as we've seen at Florida. Um, he's a dynamic playmaker, dynamic pass catcher, as uh, Daniel Jeremiah called him. Justin Herbert had a great rookie campaign and uh, give him even more weapons so you can give him even more firepower. Pitts is a top five talent, as I said before, and likely will become Herbert's best friend. Antonio Gates, Philip Rivers-esque. Yeah, I love that comparison. That's really the cherry on top right there. And I like you also breaking up the monotony of Pitts getting mocked 15 to the Patriots. I can't tell you how many times a day I've seen that. I can't do that anymore. Yeah, no. We, He's we, a top five talent. He does not fall. We can't be generic. The Chargers also, I don't think Tom Telesco is going to exactly back up the Brinks truck for a guy who can't stay on the fucking field more than 50% of the time. No disrespect. Injuries happen. But the, at the end of the day, the NFL is a business, and you got to be matter of fact. That's not a knock on Hunter Henry. Wherever he goes, I'm sure he's going to be damn productive. So it's just a matter of the Chargers not wanting to pay him. You have the pick here at 13. I think the way needs fall for these teams, Pitts is definitely going to be here. But like you said, top five talent in this draft. Get the offensive rookie of the year, some more weapons to work with. And again, the AFC West, man, it's just it's it's going to be a shootout almost every week. So let the chips fall where they may. Pick number 14, the Minnesota Vikings select Rashawn Slater, offensive lineman, Northwestern. Slater is best known for shutting down Chase Young last year. Notice how I called him an offensive lineman and not an offensive tackle, though. Uh, The thing that stands out to me personally about Slater the most is his versatility. While I personally think he's best fit for tackle, I've heard a lot that he's best fit for guard. Some see him as a center. No matter what position you have, the Vikings need protection badly, and luckily the best overall player on the board right now is also a position of need for them. Yeah, I, while I like this pick, I, I might have spent this on on defensive line on a guy like Greg Rousseau. Similar, um, similar qualities, you can move him around on the outside, on the interior. He saw a lot of his success at Miami um, on the interior, actually, so you get a guy alongside Michael Pierce. But um, as far as living in reality goes, you've made this pick here. I don't disagree with it. The Vikings on on either side of the ball, be it offensive or defensive line, uh, they they need a spark plug. Uh, the guys protecting Kirk Cousins right now obviously aren't doing the job. The skill position players are in place. Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith, Dalvin Cook is the top five running back in this league. So it's on Kirk Cousins now. If you get him some protection, it's time to go to work. It's time to stop making excuses. This defense could stand to get better, but I'm damn sure that you know you got. Michael Pierce coming back. Hunter missed significant time last year. Who didn't miss significant time for the Vikings last year? So I think the defense will bounce back and the offense will improve with this addition here. Um, Definitely going a long way to protect Kirk Cousins, help him get the ball out in a timely manner to his guys. Pick 15, New England Patriots select Mac Jones, quarterback, Alabama. Now, I did look into trading out of this pick, and I think if you're Bill Belichick, you would listen to offers here at 15, especially the way this board fell. Um, But the Patriots have a major issue ahead of them, and they need to address it immediately. And it's not receiver. It's not tight end. It's not defensive. uh, It's not on the defensive side of the ball. The issue is they have yet to find out who the next, next heir to Tom Brady is. Um, They have yet to find a face to their franchise. And I truly believe if the Patriots believed that Jarrett Stidham was their guy, they wouldn't have taken a flyer on Cam Newton last season. I just simply believe that. Uh, you realistically have to believe that there's five years left of Bill Belichick being at the helm. He's, what, 67, 68? <laughs> He's up there. Hold, hold on. Let's find out how old he is first before I even say that. He's old. 68 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, next you have to believe there's like five more years at most. Oh, yeah. And you know, if anybody has a five year plan, it's Belichick. We saw what happened last year when the Patriots just kind of shot from the hip as far as the quarterback position goes. In this NFL, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Word to Bill Belichick, man. It's not the 1990 Giants anymore. You can't just sling Jeff Hostetler in there with, you know, and the Patriots definitely don't have no LT on defense and just say, fuck it, you know, we're going to win the Super Bowl. You can't you can't do that, man. And I, I like this pick with Mac Jones. Certainly showed that he was a good decision maker. Uh, was throwing absolute dimes this past week at the Senior Bowl. That was on full display. So 
guy who's rising up boards. I, I think if you don't address quarterback and free agency, which is looking like a very strong possibility that they don't, I, I think you have no choice here but to go Mac Jones and sol- and solidify the position in this NFL. Yeah, if I'm a betting man, I'm betting that Bill Belichick does not want to stick around for another rebuild, um, or not another rebound. Probably their first rebuild that franchise history honestly like, yeah uh, at least in his time there luckily for new england mac jones isn't a uh project he if he falls to the patriots and gets the right coaching he'll be a solid quarterback for years and right away honestly um he's like what i like to call a, a game manager doing just enough to win games by sticking to the offensive game plan and minimizing his mistakes 100 percent Moving on to 16, Arizona Cardinals select Travis Etienne, running back Clemson. I've heard from sources that Travis Etienne does not fall out of the top 20. Um, I completely agree with that, honestly. I, I know most people say that running back is not valued highly, but running backs on rookie deals are. Um, I've compared Travis Etienne personally to Alvin Kamara in my write-up of him that I just finished about three days ago. Can you can you imagine an offense with Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and Alvin Kamara? Like that's just one. S- simply put it, one word: electric. Um, the Cardinals also need a corner, but there's no one really available here. I I like J.C. Horn a lot, but I think like Travis Etienne could possibly end up being in my top five on my big board in terms of talent, and that's like an absolute steal here. Kenyon Drake is not the answer at running back. Get Kyler Murray, a guy that he can just run read options with and pass catch. And ETM did great at Clemson throughout his career next to Trevor Lawrence. And now put him next to Kyler Murray. Yeah, this um this pick doesn't sit too well with me, but I'm not an expert. And that's just sheer conjecture. Um, logically, the way you've pitched it to me, I would swing. It makes sense. I mean, you, you get a guy here whose skill truly supersedes the value of the 16th pick um you're not going to be the only guy to have him top 10 top five as far as you know just raw talent goes so i really think his talent meets and ultimately surpasses the value of the 16th pick i I, again i not really much i could say here i have my personal quibbles with it but on principle i think it would be a real big move for arizona and also the reason i didn't go corner or edge rusher here, edge rusher is also a need. Mm-hmm. It's because the corner and edge rusher class are so deep. We saw it this past week at the Senior Bowl. You can get guys in the day two, day three yeah. even, that can come in and start. And their cornerback room is not that bad. Byron Murphy and Patrick Peterson. Like, retain Patrick you Peterson. You can address that. Yeah. Byron Murphy's just been playing out of position. You well, can get a true boundary corner in the second round. Exactly, but... Like, those two guys, like, you you don't need a true number one corner yet. Like, maybe after you lose Patrick Peterson officially, like I believe he, he'll stick around in Arizona. He is a free agent this year. Mm. But, I, I like, you don't need a true number one guy. And in the first round, you're shooting for starters here if you're Arizona. Cause, yeah. Because, again, you play in the NFC West. You can't fuck around and right. build project players. Like, you can't do that. Right. All right, moving on to pick 17, Las Vegas Raiders select Gregory Rousseau, edge rusher out of Miami. No one will ever be able to guess what Mike Mayock will do on draft nights. They've continued to surprise us, to say the least, um, come April. Uh, obviously, last year, selecting Damon Arnett in the first round. like No one even had that guy in the first round. Um, Mike Mayock loves his guys with traits and potential. And uh, he loves those guys over guys with talent right now, per se. Um, Gregory Rousseau is a guy I think Vegas will fall in love with. He had 15 and a half sacks last year, 19 and a half tack or not last year, 15 and a half sacks and 19 and a half tackles for losses in uh, 20, 2019 and opted out of 2020. But yet he's continued to fall down draft boards without playing a snap, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. The guy was considered a top 10 pick last in in june even yeah um i think he hasn't fallen down vegas's draft board i probably if i could look at it right now i wouldn't be surprised if he's a top five player on their board yeah and another guy who with a combine and with film from this year he probably would be a top 10 pick i mean he's in the same in a similar boat as quitty pay 
the main difference being that Quiddy play, that Quiddy Pay played some snaps this season. Um, Mike Mayock and the Raiders, their their philosophy is they they don't start at the floor. Shit, they might draft from the ceiling. Like their draft room might actually be upside down. But um, th- you know you know what they're gonna do. They're they're swinging for the fences nine times out of ten. They aren't trying to hit singles, doubles. No 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 no. They're trying to hit home runs. They're they're trying to find the diamond in the rough every draft. They don't they they don't you know they don't muddy the waters when it comes to drafting. And you get a guy like Greg Rousseau, freak athlete. You can kind of move him around on the defensive line and wherever the Raiders can get pass rush from. At this point, they don't get very much of it. I'm sure they would take it. This next pick's going to rock your socks off. You ready for it? Pick 18. Miami Dolphins select Najee Harris, running back, Alabama. Before you give me my let me state my case yeah there's a reason why Najee Harris and Devontae Smith were late add-ons to the Miami roster at the senior bowl that that wasn't done just out of the whim that that was done strategically Brian Flores knows in order to maximize Tua he has to surround him with not only talent but playmakers and uh these two playmakers are his former teammates um Najee Harris is a, not only a former teammate, but he's the number one running back on a lot of people's boards, which is a huge need for the Dolphins. Miles Gaskin was their best running back last season and only rushed for just under 600 yards. Like That's, that's not going to do it there. There are reports out of Miami, as I said earlier, about them questioning to his ability to uh, be a franchise guy, which I think is unfair considering the talent around him on offense last season. If you miss out on a guy like Deshaun Watson, you have to give two of the best supporting cast around him with Devontae Smith and Najee Harris. You can head into next season fully confident in the talent around him to be able to assess, you know, his ability to be a quarterback. Well, whatever Miami thinks of Tua, and we heard a lot of shit like around the draft last year. Oh, rumblings, Tua's this, Tua's that, and they end up drafting the guy. So, I mean, they really built a house of cards kind of around that pick we didn't really know what Miami was thinking and then here they go and they draft him so they called I guess they called everybody's bluff but um at any case the defense as far as the Miami Dolphins go the defense is Brian Flores's baby like he's very sure of that because that's in his control but the offense that isn't really his domain so this pick makes sense it's a con it's continuity with the first pick you're going to surround uh, Tua with guys that he is familiar with. Last season, he came in. It was COVID season. You didn't know if he was going to start right away. New system, NFL. It was overwhelming for him. So let's you know slow things down a little bit, kind of get back to reality here, and, and get, him, get him some familiar faces, help him get truly acclimated, get settled in. And uh, it's really, at this point, it's no excuses. Just perform. And like I said or in the summary of it, it's not just a f- – former teammate and a familiar face it's a guy that they need they need this position they need a running back i don't think they can afford to wait till day two to get a guy and like i said there's a reason Najee harris and Devontae smith were added to specifically to the miami roster they weren't just added to the senior bowl they were added to the miami roster there's a reason yeah absolutely agree pick number 19 washington football team selects samuel cosme Offensive tackle, Texas. Washington made the playoffs last year despite having four quarterbacks take snaps for them. Uh, Alex Smith is their only quarterback under contract next season. But then again, they made made the playoffs without a true franchise guy. Um, I think one of three things can happen with Washington in terms of quarterback. Um, They could punt to the 2022 draft, you know, take a shot at a guy like Sam Howell. Uh, Keldon Slovis, JT Daniels even, if he declares. Um, or they can grab a guy like Kyle Trask, Jamie Newman on day two. Or you could just you know continue to ride with Alex Smith or maybe Ty- Tyler Heineke. That's his name, right? Taylor Heineke. Yeah. Taylor Heineke. Uh, Cosme played right tackle at Texas, and he could definitely be able to switch to left tackle if needed. Yeah, I like this pick. Uh, you have Brandon Scherf there, who was an all-pro this season. Um, definitely want some, you know, some continuity. Kind of build a uh, build a house around whoever's going to be playing quarterback. So this is a good foundational pick. Um, Marty Hearn, the new GM there, is a guy from Carolina. So him and Ron Rivera have done business before. 
I have the feeling that they're going to kind of play it safe here with all the big-name quarterbacks off the board. I really doubt a guy like Kyle Trask goes here, and I don't think they're going to get as sexy as far as taking a skill position player uh, like a Rashad Bateman or a Kadarius Toney. This just uh, this just reeks of a really safe pick here. And like you said about you know quarterbacks, they could very well punt to 2022 where they could be drafting pretty highly again. Also, uh, to further your point about wide receiver here, I think that while the Senior Bowl is great in many regards, I think it's kind of it kind of killed the receiver class this year because of how deep it is. So now guys, I think are going to fall like they did last year with C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy. Um, I mean Henry Ruggs Rose, if anything. Yeah. But these guys are going to fall because obviously Rashad Bateman didn't play in the Senior Bowl, but receivers are going to fall in general because of how deep the class is people are going to be like well we can get a solid guy in Dwayne Eskridge on day two yeah I agree all right pick 20 Chicago Bears select Elijah Vera Tucker offensive line USC said offensive line again not tackle because of his versatility obviously he played left tackle at USC can play center can play guard whatever you need to do um like Washington, Chicago made the playoffs without having a true number one quarterback. Mitch Trubisky did just enough to get them through the or to the playoffs, not through the playoffs, obviously. Um, Nickelodeon MVP. <laughs> <laughs> um, the board as it sits right now is no quarterback right now is better than Mitchell Trubisky or Nick Foles, in my opinion. It's just the fact. Um, if the Bears let him walk, they can still address quarterback and free agency or on day two, just like Washington. Or they can even be a candidate to I, – I would look for them to be a candidate to, you know, kick the tires on Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold, even Marcus Mariota. Um, the offensive line is a big need right here. There's a lot of holes, and uh, there's holes at both tackle and guard, and Elijah Vera Tucker can play either. Yeah, I'm a little surprised Darisol hasn't gone yet, but um, he was kind of a late riser anyway. And I will say on Elijah Vera Tucker, um, well, I can't agree with you on every pick. i got to give you a little pushback yeah. here. But uh, Elijah Vera Tucker's versatility certainly warrants him getting drafted here. And Chicago's need at multiple positions across the offensive line, uh, this pick certainly fits a need. I can't complain. Moving on to pick number 21, the Indianapolis Colts select Christian Darisol. Offensive tackle, Virginia Tech. The Colts have a ton of cap space and a young team, and I can't really see them pursuing an older tackle group and free agency like with guys like Trent Williams, Russell Okung, um, expected to hit open market. The big question with Indianapolis is who is going to be behind center in 2021. Reports out of Indianapolis seem to point towards the option of trading for their next quarterback. Um, They also drafted Jacob Eason last season, who... A lot of people had mocked in the first round at one point last season. Either way, uh, tackle is a need for the Colts, and Darisol is a left tackle who fits perfectly in their zone blocking scheme. Yeah, I the, the only thing I will say, and this is a perfect pick, um, Darisol, he, I don't even think he allowed any pressures this year, so to get him at 21 is pretty sweet. He could easily be a top 15 guy. You don't know who's going to play quarterback for the Colts. In my opinion, Phil Rivers kind of re- retired in a really impromptu way. I thought he was going to stay a few years, you know, let the chips fall where they may, kind of see what it is, what it isn't. But this team is, re- is still ready to win now. In my opinion, they have the skill position players to do so. Their defense uh, coordinated by Matt Eberflus, who was a head coaching candidate in some cases this offseason. Um, they really turned the page, looked a lot better than in years past. Excuse me. So, oh, bless you. Thank you. Um, so I, I think they're certainly ready to win now, and you can kind of be it with a trade. We could see a guy like Sam Darnold go to Indy for a second rounder like you talked about earlier. They could look to go the free agency route, maybe even take a look at a guy like Wentz. Who knows? I mean, there's um, more questions than answers as far as quarterback right now, so why not just get a surefire pick like Darso? Pick 22, the Tennessee Titans select Joseph Osai, edge rusher from Texas. This pick always seems to happen in my mock drafts. It's just simply too perfect of a fit. Osai is my 23rd overall prospect and currently my highest-ranked 3-4 edge rusher. Um, The Jadavian Clowney experiment obviously was a failure. There was a point last season where I literally forgot he was on the team. Um, Osai is a defensive playmaker who can cause turnovers, 
come up with big plays when the Titans need it the most. And with an easy division, the Titans get a great value with this pick and get the best guy to help them push towards that AFC championship that they have yet to get to. Uh, yeah, I, I do agree with this. And to your point about Clowney, um, kind of a forgotten guy in the league last year. Um, really wanted to see what he could do on a prove-it deal with Tennessee. Definitely thought he was going to make some noise. He did not. And that's about all you heard from Jadevian Clowney last year. That moment of silence right there. You finally get a guy in Osai who can come in, make some plays, be impactful right away as, as far as rushing the passer and uh, defending the run as well. I would also look to the secondary here if I'm Tennessee. Adoree Jackson was not superb at all last year. And you could certainly look to add a, alongside a guy like Des King. I would maybe look J.C. Horn here, but I can't complain about this pick. Either way, you're addressing the defensive side of the ball where the Titans need the most help. Yep. Round one. or <laughs> Round one. What? <laughs> pick 23, the New York Jets select J.C. Horn, cornerback, South Carolina. The Jets' best cornerbacks right now are Blisson Austin and Bryce Hall. Robert Sala gets, the, gets a stud in J.C. Horn who immediately comes in right now, and he's their number one corner, which is absolutely crazy considering how much money they've had the past like three seasons to spend in free agency. Um, J.C. Horn obviously is the son of Saints legend Joe Horn, and uh, he fits the solo defense perfectly. Zone press guy um, easily could be the next, or could be the New York version of Richard Sherman, honestly. Yeah. And now you just got to find your Nick Bosa. Huh, yeah, I mean, Robert Sala, speaking of Richard Sherman, received uh, some glowing endorsements from former players. So as a guy like J.C. Horn who could rise up some boards in this draft, I wouldn't be too pissed off going to play for a guy like Robert Sala. He's all gas, no breaks. That kind of typifies J.C. Horn's uh, style of play really good, particularly in in a, a man-to-man setting. Definitely has the measurables of a guy like Sherman too. So, uh, you know, the Jets get uh, a much needed guy here. All right, pick number 24, Pittsburgh Steelers get Jalen Mayfield, offensive tackle from Michigan. Steelers currently do not have a left tackle on their roster, which is detrimental. <laughs> uh, ben Roethlisberger, if he's really coming back next year, priority number one has to be protecting him because who knows how many hits he can take. Um, Mayfield enters the NFL with only 15 starts in his college career, um, but he has all the tools and athleticism to beat Pittsburgh's next franchise left tackle. Um, no matter what, the pick absolutely has to be tackled, no matter who it is. Um, worry about cornerback, running back, and the other holes later. Protect Big Ben first. Yeah, and you know, on, on your point about Mayfield having all the tools, he, he'll also be a guy who's a mauler up front. He'll get the running game going. Uh, Pittsburgh kind of missed out on that last year. So I feel like if they can run the ball, whoever's throwing it is going to be set up for success. Yeah. Pick 25, Jacksonville Jaguars select Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle, Alabama. Alex Leatherwood is, in my mind, a developmental tackle prospect. Uh, he may not necessarily be ready to play starting tackle right now, um, but certainly can help at guard. Uh, luckily, Jacksonville won't be in any position to make him force or force him to play tackle right away and can kind of let him develop uh obviously they won one game last year uh, they have the weapons around lawrence now it's time to protect them yeah i agree and with the guy you know in bringing in a guy like urban meyer if you want to look big picture you're looking to develop guys bring in teachers on that staff to work with younger players jacksonville the blueprint is to certainly build this thing from the ground up, so I wouldn't ex necessarily expect him to play right away either. You kind of bring him along, let him learn from guys like Norwell, Linder on the interior, work with another Alabama guy in Cam Robinson. So it's going to be a teaching year for him, but I like this pick to protect Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Pick 26, favorite pick of the mock draft. Cleveland Browns get Jeremiah Wusa kormora linebacker out of Notre Dame. Andrew Barry pulls off the steal of the draft. If I'm a Browns fan, I'm running through the streets the same way they did when they traded for Odell. Um, overall, he's my 10th prospect in general, and uh, he simply just falls this far due to need. And last season, I was a sucker for a guy like Isaiah Simmons, 
and uh, the biggest knack he had was he didn't really have a home in terms of position. Um, Jeremiah Wusa koromora has one at linebacker. He is excellent enough in coverage to play slot and almost play as like a third safety on the field. Um, we saw how good the Browns' offense looked when it finally clicked, and now it's time to sure up uh, your defense. With, yeah. With uh, perennial talent, honestly. The potential is skyrocketed for this guy. Yeah, and the value here is absolutely insane. He's a top 10, top 15 player in most people's drafts. Just falls here again because of need. Really, uh, really fits into that mold of the modern NFL linebacker, sideline to sideline, can cover. Don't get me wrong, he can play downhill too, but Mac Wilson is already kind of there for that as the mic for Cleveland. So this is a perfect, a perfect pairing there in the middle. You get your guy in a Wosu Kormoa to fit uh, like a glove, frankly, uh, alongside Mac Wilson. Yep. Uh, moving on to pick number 27, Baltimore Ravens select Zayvon Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa. This is a luxury pick for the Ravens. Uh, wide receiver is a need, but I truly believe they'll address that in free agency. I don't think you can really fuck around and get a rookie here. I think you need to get an established vet. Um, Baltimore's front office really screwed up the whole Matthew Judon, Zadarius Smith situation. They let Zadarius Smith walk. We see how that turned out for him and Green Bay. And then they did not let Matthew Judon walk and franchise tagged him. We see how that turned out for Baltimore. Um, Ravens fans, as we know personally, are calling for Judon's head after the way he played in those final games. Um, Collins is a linebacker who pairs nicely next to Patrick Queen. But he can also be re really dynamic on the edge. And I think that's where I see him best fit with Baltimore. He's grown every season at Tulsa. Obviously won Defensive Player of the Year at last year in the, uh, I forget what the award's called. Nagurski. Yeah. And uh, made high-impact plays constantly. Baltimore gets another draft pick where they get a stud and we're all like, how the hell did this guy fall to him? Yeah, I, and on Baltimore's front office, I will say that Eric DaCosta really stumbles and falls only a few times. Yeah, rarely, and rarely. His, some of his biggest missteps have been from the receiver position and uh, in the dealings with Matt Judon. I mean, his production hasn't matched up with the way he talks about himself. And Matt Judon talks a lot of shit, frankly. It just he, his, he hasn't brought that energy. And for a guy who's commanding a $20 million a year salary— Step the fuck up, son. I don't blame Ravens fans for this animosity, and it's a perfect pick here because you're bringing in a guy like Zayvon Collins. You have a seasoned coordinator in Wink Martindale, another guy who's not this cycle but in past cycles turned down some head coaching opportunities. So you get to work with a guy like Wink Martindale. If you're Zayvon Collins, you're jumping for joy. If you're the Ravens, you're jumping for joy. Great value pick here. Works out for both parties. You get more of a longer-term option both at edge and at linebacker. Pick 28, the New Orleans Saints select Kadarius Tony, wide receiver, Florida. Tony had one of the best senior bowls in recent memory, in my opinion, in terms of raising his stock. A uh, speedy gadget-type receiver, Sean Payton, is salivating. How do you say that word? Salivating. Salivating. We use that word a lot. This is getting salivating. Yeah. Find a new <laughs> At the thought of getting this guy to scheme around, whether or not it's Taysom Hill or someone else as signal caller for them next season the saints have an absolute weapon in tony to pair next to michael thomas yeah and like you've said uh prior noah sean payton has not gotten a gadget type of player uh to work with like a Kadarius tony yep. we saw at florida and how many ways he can get the ball his separation ability is already elite coming into the nfl um he's i would be surprised if he goes sooner than 29 i would have loved for him to fall to the next pick you want to talk about salivating, dude. Aaron Rodgers is out there in the snow doing snow angels if they get freaking Kadarius Tony. Well, here we go. Run Pick 29, up. Green Bay Packers select Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, Minnesota. Finally. I could see them going corner here, honestly, especially like what they've done in the years past and just totally like yeah. acted like they don't have or they have receivers besides Devontae Adams, which they do not. But if I'm Green Bay... I'm signing a veteran cornerback, maybe even like a Patrick Peterson to pair next to Jair Alexander. And uh, you just simply have to get Aaron Rodgers' help in any way you can, whether it be running back, whether it be wide receiver, tight end, it doesn't matter. Bateman is a really nice fit next to Devontae Adams in terms of, or for the sole fact is this guy's a number one receiver and is absolutely going to eat 
opposing number two cornerbacks because obviously the number one is going to be covering Devonte adams rashad bateman may have like a justin jefferson year yeah he's kind of the counterbalance to adams there i really love this pick because at long last rogers is getting a skill player it took a sad mopey press conference at the end of the season for it to happen when that loss was a wee tad bit his fault i'm not going to throw it all in the lap of the defense as everyone is so quick to do but, you know, you finally get a skill player here, a nice counterweight to Devontae Adams. And as you said, Rashad Bateman could have a Justin Jefferson-esque season right here. I love this pick. Green Bay's secondary is very depleted, but I don't see a cornerback that's really jumping off the board in my face here. Buffalo Bills select with the 30th pick, Nick Bolton, linebacker, Missouri. Uh, Nick Bolton is a hard-hitting run stopper who walks in the NFL as a starting Mike linebacker. Something Buffalo desperately needs as their run defense was simply just not good last season, uh, giving up the sixth most rushing touchdowns in the league. Uh, Bolton helps them out on that end and makes this defense even scarier. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And with Matt Milano walking, you certainly um, you certainly need to address this position. I doubt they're going to re-sign him just because of the price tag he's going to come in. So it's a natural fill-in for Matt Milano here, who was kind of the uh, the mainstay in the Buffalo Bills run defense. You pick up right where you left off. He's playing alongside Tremaine Edmonds. So many damn Edmonds brothers. I think that's the one in Buffalo, Tremaine Edmonds. Yep, yep. Correct me if I'm wrong. but You're, you're right. Kind of, oh, thank you. Kind of a good compliment. So I, I like this pick a lot. You could also go O-tackle here. I'm not sure what the future's looking like with Deion Dawkins. They brought in Cody Ford, but he's kind of been playing guard anyway. But... I like this pick, and I think they need more on defense, as we saw Josh Allen kind of have his coming out party last year. Yep. Pick 31, Tampa Bay Buccaneers picked Jalen Phillips, edge rusher out of Miami. Nice. The Buccaneers must do everything in their power to retain Shaquille Barrett. Um, he has put their defense on a total another level. That's a word fool or mouthful right there take two. Uh, to another level next season or this season he's expected to get a big payday and uh no matter what happens with him though i believe you have to help out the defensive line here jalen phillips is a former five-star recruit obviously transferred from ucla to miami he's a versatile pass rusher and has all the tools to be an impact player right now not just project guy yeah, one of the more slept-on players in this draft. I could honestly see him going top 20 if all his medicals check out. I know there's a long story to be had there. I won't um, indulge anyone with that right now. We have the internet. As you said, he transferred uh, to Miami from UCLA, had the issue with concussions, this, that, and the third. But nonetheless, great, great value here for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You could also look at a guy like Carlos Basham, who has that inside flexibility to kind of work alongside Vita Vea. But nonetheless, certainly address a need. Not sure they're going to want to pay Shaq Barrett. JPP is also walking in free agency. Let's not forget about him. He had a he had a good season. Former yeah. Giant had a good season this year. Definitely uh, reminded some people that he's still around. But um, I, I love this pick here with Jalen Phillips. A lot, um, a, a very high ceiling. A lot to work with uh, for a guy getting picked at thirty one. Yep. Pick thirty two. We've arrived. Predicting that the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl here. I think they do. Um, Terrace Marshall Jr., wide receiver, LSU. Marshall Jr. is exactly what the already loaded Kansas City offense needs. Um, He would be the tallest receiver on the Chiefs offense by two inches. Cheech. Yeah. That just shows, like, they're all, like, 5'10", 5'11". He's 6'3", big target, who really could help out in red zone situations. But he's a lot more than just that and could uh, fit perfectly next to Tyreek Hill in terms of his size and how you could utilize him. Um, Chiefs need offensive line help as well. And they need a linebacker really too, but you you can't simply miss out on this guy. Like this is exactly what you need. Um, You know, Sammy Watkins has been okay at times, but this guy, like giant red zone threat, like just imagine – Mahomes not having to worry about like how he's going to get these guys open in the red zone anymore. Yeah, I like this pick. It screams more of a luxury pick to me, but yeah, yeah. Terrace Marshall, he doesn't even have to do much, man. It's just like being in high school. Like all you got to do is show up. You know, that's like ninety five percent of it. You're gonna be set up for success. He's gonna take some of the heat off the back of Tariq Hill. He's gonna uh, also compensate more 
for these kind of niche receivers that the Chiefs have, you know, your Demarcus Robinsons, your Brevin uh, Pringle, um, just as far as skill set goes, he brings more to the table than those guys do. I wish Nick Bolton fell here. Honestly, that would be a great um, yeah. fit for this Kansas City defense. They need kind of that thumper linebacker. Could also look offensive line. Not any tackles I would really take here. Maybe Eichenberg. Um, interior guys, you got Tardif coming back next year. He was a stud. Uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif actually opted out to go and uh, fight COVID on the front lines in his home country of Canada. So we commend him. Actually wrote a cool-ass article about him for a journalism class. So that's uh, certainly an interesting story you guys should check out. But luxury pick here. The more the merrier for Kansas City. You'll love this pick if you're a Chiefs fan. Yeah. And you love another Super Bowl, too. I mean, it's starting to look like a dynasty there in Kansas City. So that's my mock draft. Uh, honestly, we might be back right after this with Bennett's mock draft. Um, I'm going to be reacting to his. And we're going to probably put out one mock draft a month, maybe two. Um, get this draft season really cooking. Uh, obviously, we've missed out on a whole combine. So we're trying to put out as much content as possible and really like dive into these prospects for you guys that you know um are looking to see where guys are going to land and what team or what your team is going to pick up this offseason yeah and you know as we're getting back into the swing of things trying to strike while the iron's hot certainly open to suggestions from you guys it's kind of you know hit or miss as far as content goes right now we don't want to reach too much and we also want to meet you know our listeners where they're at so certainly uh, hit us up on our social medias follow us over on twitter at one dual threat and on instagram at the dual threat pod hit us up with suggestions uh you know comments you love us you hate us whatever we just want some feedback from you guys on what we should and what we shouldn't be covering want to make this as much of a community thing as we can so until next time guys love y'all stay safe out there and uh my mock draft is coming up next so buckle the fuck up guys peace be good